Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the May 15th episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1077 to 1083 of the Catechism, 1077 to 1083. Chapter 1. The Paschal Mystery in the Age of the Church. Article 1. The Liturgy, Work of the Holy Trinity. 1. The Father, Source and Goal of the Liturgy. Paragraph 1077. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. He destined us, before him in love, to be his sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely bestowed on us in his beloved. 1078. Blessing is a divine and life-giving action, the source of which is the Father. His blessing is both word and gift. When applied to man, the word blessing means adoration and surrender to his creator in thanksgiving. 1079. From the beginning until the end of time, the whole of God's work is a blessing. From the liturgical poem of the first creation to the canticles of the heavenly Jerusalem, the inspired authors... Proclaim the plan of salvation as one vast divine blessing. 1080. From the very beginning, God blessed all living beings, especially man and woman. The covenant with Noah and with all living things renewed this blessing of fruitfulness, despite man's sin, which had brought a curse on the ground. But with Abraham, the divine blessing entered into human history, which was moving toward death, to redirect it toward life, toward its source. By the faith of the Father of all believers, who embraced the blessing, the history of salvation is inaugurated. 1081. The divine blessings were made manifest in astonishing and saving events. The birth of Isaac, the escape from Egypt, Passover and Exodus, the gift of the promised land, the election of David, the presence of God in the temple, the purifying exile and return of a small remnant, the law, the prophets and the Psalms interwoven in the liturgy of the chosen people. Recall these divine blessings and at the same time respond to them with blessings of praise and thanksgiving. 1082. In the Church's liturgy, the divine blessing is fully revealed and communicated. The Father is acknowledged and adored as the source and the end of all the blessings of creation and salvation. In his word, who became incarnate, died and rose for us, he fills us with with his blessings. Through his word, he pours into our hearts The gift that contains all gifts, the Holy Spirit. 1083. The dual dimension of the Christian liturgy 
as a response of faith and love to the spiritual blessings the Father bestows on us is thus evident. On the one hand, the Church united with her Lord and in the Holy Spirit blesses the Father for his inexpressible gift in her adoration, praise and thanksgiving. On the other hand, until the consummation of God's plan, the Church never ceases to present to the Father the offering of his own gifts and to beg him to send the Holy Spirit upon the offering, upon herself, upon the faithful and upon the whole world, so that through communion in the death and resurrection of Christ, the priest, and by the power of the Spirit, these divine blessings will bring forth the fruits of life to the praise of his glorious grace. Okay, very well, so we move into this um, this section today that's uh, talking about um, the Paschal Mystery. And really, it can be hard for us to, to, to realise this, but the centre of liturgy is thanksgiving, is a blessing. I mean, if you go to any of the Jewish liturgies today, the Jewish liturgies that probably were the same in the time of our Lord, always begin, Baruch atah Blessed be the Lord our God. This blessing. And it is, again, it's more an attitude on our part that goes up to God than having God come down to us. In the sense that I know many times when we use the word blessing, like to bless, uh, I don't know, to bless the meal before you eat it, you're kind of calling God's blessing down on the food. And that this is kind of like, if I don't bless the food, if I don't get God to bless the food, maybe I'll, I'll choke on it or something like that. Maybe it'll be poisonous. And it's not this. This is not the primary meaning of blessing in the liturgical context. In the liturgical context, here, dealing with fundamental liturgy, blessing is different. Blessing is the action by which we can adore and surrender to God, our Creator, in thanksgiving. This is the very purpose that we were created, so that we could bless God, so that we could speak well of God, that this is really uh, the, the point of human existence, to allow us to participate in divine life by thanksgiving. Again, the Eucharist, which is a, a much earlier name for the sacrament than the Mass, the Eucharist means thanksgiving, that this is what Christ was doing. He was thanking God. He was saying how well God is, how good God is, and that this is what we're, this is what we're called to do, to turn our life into a thanksgiving, to turn our life into a blessing God, because the other option is to turn our life into a curse, which would be to speak badly of God. And obviously, life isn't to be a curse. Life isn't to speak badly of, but life is to speak well of, to praise God, to bless him, to adore him, and to surrender to him in thanksgiving. Again, it's number 1078 of this section, I think is the main one. The rest of it is explaining why this is so important, but that this is what the liturgy is about. It is that we can enter into a life of blessing, we can enter into a life of praise, a life that lifts us out of our own 
problems, a life that lifts us out of our own daily concerns and opens us up to God. This is why we can join with the saints and the angels. I mean, as we say in the in the preface of the Mass, we always finish joining with the saints and the angels, sometimes even the cherubim and seraphim, in praising God, in being able to truly praise God. And joining into this hymn of blessing is ultimately our happiness. Again, it's not that we bless God so that God can feel better. This isn't what it's about. God isn't so small that he needs our praise. But that as one of the, the prayers of the Mass says, one of the prefaces says that your, uh, your gift of allowing us to bless you is already a gift. The fact that God allows us to bless him, allows us to praise him, you know, is, uh, is already a, a great gift. I mean, to be able to, you know, to be able to sing God's praises with our soul means that you're, uh, that you're allowed to incorporate yourself into the life of God. On one level, we shouldn't be doing this. We're not worthy to do it. You know, it's like if they ask you to sing in the opera in Covent Garden or in the, the Met in, in New York. Again, you couldn't do it because you're not worthy, you're not able, you're not a good opera singer. And yet for heaven, we're being invited to sing God's praises. To sing God's praises in this generation and to sing his, God, his praises forever in heaven, for all eternity, so that by this praise, so that by this blessing, our lives can be transformed into blessing. Our souls can be transformed into blessing. That we can truly shine, that we can truly be happy in ourselves, that we can truly find peace by praising God. That this, again, is the ultimate dimension of the human person. To be able to sing God's praises. And this section at the beginning of the Catechism is, is, is situating this as the essence of liturgy. The essence of liturgy isn't just to go through things and go through the motions and do the bare minimum. But the essence of liturgy is to praise God with all of our heart, with all of our soul and with all of our mind. So very good. So tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1084 to 1090 of the Catechism. God bless.